Welcome to the Weekend Entertainment Edition of the Literature and Film Podcast, a.k.a. The We Laugh. Our mission is to inform you of the latest entertainment choices for the weekend ahead, either at the cinema or streaming at home. And now, from a remote location on the East Coast, in the heart of Flying Bull Productions Studios, your host, Richard Lusk and Ryan Bull. to laugh episode 168 it's a wee laugh for the august 5th weekend i'm your host ryan bull sitting across the table for me is richard lusk how are you sir i'm excited about suicide squad yeah this is uh your last movie for the box office challenge this is your chance at redemption you only need about 200 million this weekend do you think you're going to get it with suicide squad i'm gonna go back uh a hundred thousand times to watch it and then maybe i'll get there <laughs> It's the big movie this weekend. Uh, Suicide Squad comes from comes to us from director David Arier, who's famous for doing Fury, the Brad Pitt tank movie, um, as well as some cop movies, uh, End of End of Watch and Street Kings. This film, Suicide Squad, stars Will Smith, Jared Leto, and Margot Robbie. Margot, yeah, as a, as her true friends call her, not mm-hmm. Margot. This movie has the op- op- opportunity to be original, which a lot of superhero movies or just action movies don't really have much of anymore. I mean, I am looking forward to seeing things on screen that I hadn't really seen before. Mm-hmm. I think that's what, uh, what was it? Guardians of the galaxy had going for it. Yeah. Take a ragtag team of separate personalities and put them on a mission. And you never really had a raccoon interact with a tree either. Yeah. So there's a chance out there that this will be, New and original and exciting, and because I haven't seen any of the trailers since the first one a year and a half ago, I I don't I don't feel that I'm sullied, and I can have the movie wash over me in all of its um, pastels and broad, <laughs> bright colors and loudness and music and all. So yeah, I like what they're doing here, Bec- uh, and so often in superhero movies, it's. Let's get one character who's big enough to carry a whole movie on their shoulders. Here, it's you're taking some of the lesser-known characters, maybe not as complex or deep, but if you put enough of them together and let their personalities gel and let them riff off of each other, it can be really interesting. Now, they're already talking about doing a Harley Quinn spinoff film mm-hmm. with Margot Robbie. Well, I mean, they also have a bona fide uh, movie superstar in Will Smith. Which he may have helped the box office at least of uh, of the Independence Day movie if he, if he had been in that. So I <laughs> think that there's by not really pushing him in the marketing as much as they did say Margot Robbie or Jared Leto, yeah. who and uh, you know kind of playing up that angle, they're allowing him to be the movie star as a character actor. So and that's something interesting too that <laughs> I don't really believe I've seen in movies. Also. It'll be uh, intriguing to see how this movie ties in with a bigger universe of the whole DC franchise. It's an original property, so it's the Guardians of the Galaxy of uh, DC, I think. It'll be interesting to see how well-received Jared Leto's Joker is. I could see them trying to work him into a future Batman movie. 
I think that they, I read somewhere that Batman makes an appearance in this mm-hmm. movie. So, so we get a little taste. I think that's smart. You know, test the waters like Pixar does with those uh, shorts it puts out yeah, ahead of its feature films. I think Jared Leto will win people over. He's a pretty good actor. And you've had, I mean, there, there isn't one actor in particular that's tied to that suit, that super villain. I mean, Heath Ledger won an Oscar for it, mm-hmm. but I mean, Caesar Romero was well known before that, and then Jack Nicholson also. So it's easy to see someone step into that character's shoes, and especially with a new Batman to play against. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of makes sense. Uh, you think anyone commits suicide in the movie? Yeah. Well, you've uh, oh seen, yeah, yeah. You've one, already one, seen the. Uh, cartoon right so. oh at least one of the characters has to die i mean they'll sacrifice themselves for the group i bet hmm. i mean that's part of the you comic book series they'll Suicide take a bunch Squad. of pills no no you just you have this rotating cast of characters you know b-level villains because so many of them keep getting killed off so i, I think it does really well uh i don't think you can get to 200 million i think the olympics will you know take away some no people. I, I think i've lost the box office challenge but Oh well, it'll still do 125 million. Uh, the movie I feel bad about coming out this weekend. Not as bad as some of the kids who are going to have to see this in place of Suicide Squad because, oh sorry, honey, it's sold out. Let's go see something else. How about Nine Lives? <laughs> yeah, uh, this is from director Barry Sonfield, who's famous for doing Men in Black, Get Shorty, and the Adams Family films. It stars Kevin Spacey as a stuffy businessman who finds himself trapped inside the body of his family's cat. Thanks to Christopher Walken. Mr. Fuzzy Pants. Yeah. This seems to be very slapstick, joke-oriented uh, family film. I guess take your Fantasy, kids. comedy, body switch thing. Yeah. I mean, they did that with... Freaky Digby. Friday type stuff. Yeah. Uh, that darn cat. <laughs> same same plot. Uh, Jennifer Gardner's in this. She seems to be trying to carve out a niche of doing family films. She's Mrs. Fuzzy Pants. Yeah, she's Kevin Spacey's wife. Do you think the cat dies nine times or eight times? Would <laughs> they go that far with a? I mean, they called it Nine Lives. It's not a reference to the to the to the cat food, is it? Maybe that'd be great marketing. The cat could potentially die eight wow. times in this movie. This film could have been called Fancy Feast. <laughs> if the cat dies eight times, won't you just be horror terrorizing a lot of young kids? It seems that like, like there's cats. A- a lot of that cartoon slapstick. I saw one part the cat's like bouncing off of an awning using uh-huh. it like a trampoline. Ooh, that's so. original. Live action cartoon. Huh. Any interest in seeing this? No, I'm not into cat movies. Do you think your dots have any interest in seeing this? Nope. This wouldn't hold their attention? They ignore the cat. Oh, they, they don't care about the cat? Mm, cat ignore. Well, the cat swats it and terrorizes Bam Bam. Leaves her, but you know, Bam Bam just kind of leaves her alone. She wasn't messing with you. <laughs> there hasn't been this much negative buzz around a movie about cats since Roar. Roar is amazing. <laughs> My students love that's watching your that. best. That's the best cat movie. Ooh, Born Free, Lion King. Yeah, Lion King's pretty hard to beat. I think in the top ten, maybe the top one hundred animal movies, I bet you cats only show up five times. And one of them is probably the aristocrats. Yeah, one, yeah, the aristocrats, the aristocats, not the aristocrats. Yeah, you know, you got to be careful with that one. 
Oh, some people were very upset when they saw the Aristocrats, the documentary about the world's dirtiest joke, because they thought it was the Aristocats. Did and they left after 15 minutes with their small children crying. 15 minutes. Did you see the uh, some theater out in, oh, I think it was Hollywood, showed the Red Band trailer for Sausage Party before Finding Dory? Because <laughs> they were trying to like maximize movies coming into the theater. They didn't realize, they, they kept the mm-hmm. trailers tied to that. So a whole theater full of young kids saw the Red Band trailer for Sausage Party. That's awesome. Yeah. I like that. Wonder if anyone lost their job. I doubt it. How much do you think Nine Lives makes this weekend? Fifteen mil? No, no, it no seven. It won't. Even, I don't even think I, the highest grossing cat movie of all time was Lion King, and it probably only did like twenty million in its first weekend. Yeah, but that was also back in ninety four. But I mean, yeah, well, there Lion haven't been King a lot of cat movies since then. But fair, fair enough. I, I this movie won't break double digits. I don't think. You still got Finding Dory and uh, Secret Lives of Pets out there for kids to watch instead. I mean, they'll still be in theaters. Yeah. So, I I don't know. I'm surprised that that this didn't really just go right to... With all the negative buzz that's been surrounding it, I'm surprised it didn't go direct to video or sell it to Netflix or something. I I think director Barry Sonfield still holds, you know, a little bit of praise well you do have kevin spacey and christopher walken that always draws the kids in yeah but i don't know we'll see right. i think it does about 12 million wow all right um good luck do you want to give me the difference no 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 uh the olympics are coming out this weekend they start friday night opening ceremony so to get in the Spirit, I've got a great Red Bots pick. Okay. The Bronze, okay. starring Michelle Roche, uh, who plays Bernadette on The Big Bang Theory. We reviewed this movie back on episode 133, and we were both pretty high on it. It might it might be the my favorite movie of the year. It's probably still the best comedy of the year. Yeah, so far that I've yeah. seen. Yeah. Um, Michelle plays a foul-mouthed former gymnast, bronze medalist, whose local celebrity status is um, about to come to an end when there's a rising Olympic athlete from her hometown played by Haley Lou Richardson. And she ends up having a coacher. I've seen her in something recently. She's on a TV show. I can't remember. Yeah, she she's going to be in a movie this uh, fall, The Edge of 17, that's going to be hilarious. Mm-hmm. Also in there with her is Haley Steinfield. I think that's going to be one of the hit comedies. She's been at the edge of 17 for the last four and a half years. <laughs> that's true. I, I think that movie will be the female version of Superbad. <laughs> okay. So I'm very excited about that film. I really liked Haley Lou Richardson in this film, as I, I also liked uh, Michelle Roush. Yeah, she's so, hilarious. So I think people need to go out to the Red Bots and rent the bronze before the Olympics start up. Uh, you got anything for us on the good old streaming services? This is also a tie-in to the Olympics, which are being held in Rio. And it's also a callback to our review uh, earlier this week with Jason Bourne. I wasn't really thrilled with Jason Bourne. And I wanted to find an action movie that was uh, something that I kind of liked. So I chose Elite Squad, The Enemy Within, which is on Netflix right now. It's a crime drama uh, set in Rio, Rio de Janeiro, where the Olympics are play- being held. And it sort of examines the corruption of politicians and the collusion between politicians and dirty cops and the media and how it plays out in this in this city that's known for uh, rampant crime and drug use. So 
Rio is on display now. I don't know if they're really going to be looking at the darker uh, elements of that city in the Olympics, but if you watch the Elite Squad, The Enemy Within, you'll see them in full display. Stars, uh, let's see, Wagner Mora, who is the lead actor in Narcos. He plays uh, Emilio Escobar in that movie. In this movie, he's a cop. Captain Nascimento, who decides to root out corruption at all levels. Uh, it deals with some of the same issues of the Bourne movies with a, in a different backdrop. So, for me, it's a little bit more enjoyable than that. It's a little bit more thoughtful. But it is pretty dense. There are a lot of characters and a lot of moving parts. It's directed by Jose Padilla, who did the RoboCop remake from a couple of years ago. Oh, you shouldn't have told me that. He's also the producer <laughs> of... Uh, of that Narcos TV show. The only other movies he did were Elite Squad that I know of. And then there was one other one, uh, Son of God or something like that. Or hmm. I don't know. It's a decent movie. It's a sequel to Elite Squad, the, f- the first one. But they don't even call it Elite Squad 2 because Elite Squad wasn't that well uh, respected. It wasn't as high with critics. This movie was Brazil's highest ranking or highest grossing movie of all time. Uh, even ahead of Avatar, and it was their nomination for an Oscar for foreign language with the Oscars uh, that year, I think 2010. Not sure if it made it through the nominating process, but it's a good movie on several levels. It's a good action movie, and it's a good uh, crime drama. So I'm recommending it. It's my net pick of the week. I like it. Um, so that's the Elite Squad. If you had by Redbots, pick oh, Elite Squad, Enemy Within. Enemy Within. Sorry, yes, because you said this is the sequel. People should watch. Yeah, don't watch the first. Yeah, uh, Redbots. Uh, the Bronze. We're saying to go rent that before the Olympics this weekend. We have two movies coming out: Suicide Squad, which we'll be reviewing on episode 169 of the Laugh Podcast, and then you got Nine Lives, and we're going to take a pass on that movie. So, um, thank you for joining me, Eltrain. Excellent. There be dragons. Pox head powder. Thank you.